This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 367. Mike, they just keep going up every week. Recorded on August 23rd, 2018. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find our own news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the average guy.com studios here in a very cold, frigid Bellevue, Nebraska. Look, I have a hoodie on. And of course, oh, seven. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, 70 today. Actually, it's it's uh, yesterday we were in the pre-show talking. I think we had a top 10 day here in Nebraska. I, went, I got a little sunburn going out, and it was just beautiful out there and got some things cleaned up. It's always nice. To do some fall cleaning. Mike, have you started uh, kind of your fall cleaning checklist? Well, it was funny. I went upstairs today and Hannah had the day off today too. And I went upstairs and she's cleaning out all the old clothes from the closet. So that was apparently the first step. But yeah, we're starting to do a few of those things. I really honestly need to do like what you were just talking about. A lot of outside stuff around the house. I've just been putting off and putting off that heat of the summer. You never want to spend any extra time mowing than you already put in. So Mm -hmm. I got a few of those products. I'm waiting until it cools down a little bit. Yeah, I am looking forward to some cooler weather. I can start the GPUs and not feel so guilty about them, you know, heating the house only to cool it. Uh, as it, uh, you know, as the temperatures get cold outside, I can let those, let them run, not feel guilty about them running. And I think, uh, Mike, I spent some time also on Wednesday when I got done with yard work, came back in and checked all my Acronis backups. And I think this is, as fall is coming up, it's just a good time to think you should probably do that quarterly anyways, but just kind of look at your backups, make sure they're actually backing up, make sure things haven't broken, Right. Yeah, that's a fun little teaser for later in the show. I actually have a free alternative to a Cronus that I've been trying out, and we'll talk about that later and see if anyone else has picked up on it or used it, and it's working pretty well for me. Yeah, okay, good. Well, we'll remind everyone, of course, you can catch the show notes. Already done. Mike and I write them before the show even starts out, theaverageguy.tv. Um, don't forget, you can get our mobile app as well. If you haven't downloaded that, homegadgetgeeks.com is where you want to go to get that done. We'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship uh, this week and next as, uh, is their last, and we appreciate their their kind of commitment to the show over the last three or four years. And, uh, and of course, Patreon uh, supporters will take on the app after that. But homegadgetgeeks.com is the best way to do it. That app is really, really uh, awesome on the road. If you have to stream us for any reason, it's just a super efficient way to do it. Get it done. HomeGadgetGeeks.com, Android, iPhone available. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. You're an Apple, Apple podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, subscribe and click the notification bell so you get notified whenever we go live or on the recorded channel whenever we're recording. And then don't forget, if you're listening to us on Spreaker, you can follow us over there as well. Big thanks to Kevin Schoonover. He was on the show last week filling in for Mike. Did a bang-up job. I tell you what, whenever you're a Schoonover, you're spending some money. Not what you could be spending, but you're spending some money. Mike, have you fallen into the Schoonover trap where he puts out these great deals and you just buy them? Yeah. If you if you don't want to spend money, don't be part of the Facebook group because he's always posting these amazing deals. He's great at it. I love it. And I always find uh, good little deals. I actually almost grabbed that NAS. If I hadn't just built the Unraid box, I would have grabbed that NAS. It was a good deal that he had posted. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Of course, Mike and I will do some crypto conversation here in the post show. Okay. A couple things I want to talk about one right out of the Facebook group to get started. Christopher bridge had posted. And I think this is interesting, Mike, a a tech spot article that analysts say that we're headed for a flash memory price crash coming up first, second, third quarter of 2019. It's kind of looking like uh, when we think about everything that's going on in the flash memory business, they have more 
flash memory coming out of factories and is being consumed. And, um, and of course, it's that's kind of weird to think as popular as SSDs have gotten, as popular as some of the other the other components that use flash memory. Um, it looks like we're going to have an overage of it. And so, you know, believe it or not, just giving you a warning, that may be something you want to start watching ahead of when we think like Black Friday. We talked about that with Kevin last week, um, where I think this Black Friday, we may see some real deals because I think the newer drives are going to come in at a lower price point, which means the older drives will be clearance at even a lower price point. Mike, are you, if you, you know, say you jump on and you're, um, you know, you're looking for something SSD related, is there anything you get your eyes on at the moment or anything you're kind of thinking of like, hey, I'd buy this in a second? Yeah, I'm waiting for a, a one terabyte SSD. Actually, they um, they posted about it a few weeks ago. It was like 149. I'm waiting for those. I think we talked about it to be sub 100. I really would love a one terabyte SSD in some of my machines. I actually just grabbed a 500 gig SSD for not too expensive. I think it was uh, maybe 90 bucks. Um, 80 bucks for my Unraid box. But then for me, actually, flash memory being cheap has a bigger impact on my SD card purchases. And I've noticed, you know, with all the drone photography I do, um, I've been buying them for my cameras, for my GoPros, for all my Raspberry Pis. For those, I need the high-end chips, and those have been coming down in price a ton. I'm able to get, you know, you can get a 32 gig, 16 gig, which for me, uh, the way I do my drone flight, actually, I have a an SD card case, and I like to use one SD card per shoot, and 32 gigs is usually enough for the quick shoots I do, especially if they're just photo-based. So I like a bunch of small cards instead of, you know, one or two big cards. It eliminates your uh, <laughs> unnecessary accidental wipe of something. If you wipe a card, you've lost maybe one project instead of 10. So I actually like that, and it's been fantastic because they've been coming down in price so much. So for me, that actually has a bigger impact on my SD card purchases. But yeah, SSDs I definitely am still interested in. Mm -hmm. I would love to build out just like a massive all-SSD box at some point with a lot of storage. So that once we can get to that point, I think that would be a lot of fun. One of the predictions on this is that we may see SSDs same size, same price competing with spinners. And, and I so could, I could see that too. Cause I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking these things are probably cheaper to produce, right? It's a lot less material. Um, once they get the process down and once you have economies of scale, once enough people are purchasing SSDs over spinners. Now, I mean, once we, I don't think we'll see like the 12 terabytes and a lot of the ones they're using in data centers. Um, and I know obviously there's still the SSD issue of they don't, they can't, they don't last as long. They don't have as many read writes as the spinners do, but for a consumer who's willing to put up with that, I, I agree. I think we could get to that point where you would have an option, right? You can go either way. You know that you got durability, longer lasting sometimes with the spinners, but you've got the speed of the SSDs. You choose which one is more important to you. They're going to be the same price. Yeah. Well, we, you know, maybe we would see 40 or $50 one terabyte drives for, oh, I would love you know, that. for SSDs. How, how great would that be? Yeah. Um, so that may be coming. Oh, we don't say that to, to for any predictions. It's just one of those things, Christopher, thanks for the heads up on that. Something you should kind of keep your eye on. I, I would think Black Friday would be the perfect opportunity. And that's not, not that far away, a couple months away now uh, from, from that here in the United States. Uh, in your local markets, you may just, in Australia and Canada are going to be a little bit more expensive, but um, you may just want to start kind of keeping your eye on these deals that are coming out. You know, Mike, I, I get probably three emails a day, one from Slick Deals, one from Newegg, one from 
insert the the other you know vendor of Groupon. choice yeah or, or hp or whatever yeah. right and it's hard sometimes to keep up to know what price is good and what's not one you can join the facebook group uh there's always deals floating around our facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy and then um uh or listen to us <laughs> we're always talking about the deals here and so but it, it you sometimes it's hard to keep track we talked with Kevin last week. We talked about GPUs, GPU prices coming back down. I know a lot of people who just kind of given up on GPU pricing and say, ah, I'm not going to do that. It's too expensive. And now we're seeing those GPUs return to almost the pre-crypto kind of spastic ones. And so, again, keep your eyes on those. If you have, if you're thinking about it, you can get, you can still find some really great deals out there. You just kind of have to know when to buy. And I think the prices are changing a lot on all of the computer hardware because I've been noticing. So I follow a lot of tech YouTubers who build a lot of PCs and they'll usually maybe do once a year, once every other you, Hey, what can $500 get you on a gaming PC? What can a thousand dollars? And they've been doing these videos. I mean, almost once every other month. And they've been talking about how it's crazy because the prices, when you talk about GPUs, memory, all the prices are fluctuating so much. It literally depends month to month what you can get for the certain price if you're building a new PC. I think all the hardware, but it's not just going down. It's There's really these spikes. And so you got to find like almost a sweet spot um, and timing to buy before another trend hits and all of a sudden memory is more expensive or the motherboards or whatever it is becomes more expensive. It's, it's, it's kind of fun, actually. It makes a fun time of following the prices for this hardware. I kind of enjoy it. It's like hunting. It is, yeah. right? It makes it more of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, right on. I always find, I have found, you know, I keep, I don't know, I have five or six PCs down here. And I'm always in some perpetual state of upgrade, just buying what is available at the moment and then distributing those out where I need them and then waiting for the next thing to kind of happen and the next thing to kind of happen. I got a, a text from my son today, my my number two son, and he goes, you should probably buy some AMD stock. And I was like, why is he saying that? Well, of course, AMD's having some, I mean, Intel's in trouble for sure. And AMD is having some good luck. Now, I don't know if the future is in x86 processing. Let's just be honest going forward. I'm not sure AMD may be chasing Intel, but that whole market for the most part may implode on itself as it it appears the world may be going to arm. We, we it just, it may be where things go for the future. But when I they, was just, oh, go ahead. I was, was going to say the enthusiast side is all about the Threadripper, like the, that AMD Threadripper CPU. It's just because you, you never hear an AMD chip being talked about as much and everyone's going after it. You see all the, like I said, I mean, all the big tech YouTubers, all their new big rig builds, uh, they're all, a lot of them are going Threadripper on AMD. Yeah. And that Ryzen has been kind of accepted, right? In this, in, yeah. in this, right? And so... Uh, Mike Howard in the chat room says AMD stock has already run up. So it's probably too late. You know, by the time I hear about these kinds of things, I uh, didn't necessarily say that. So you'd run out by AMD stock. I, I, I'm not so sure that's the right way to go. But certainly, I think they're one if you're like we were talking about, if we're into that, if we're into those builds, that may be one to look at uh, because it's getting it's getting really good reviews. It's getting, um, the, like you said, a lot of the enthusiasts are liking it. And uh, I hadn't even heard of it until maybe, I don't know, three, four, five weeks ago. And all of a sudden, that I, it was in the Discord group. Somebody's like, yeah, I really like that Threadripper. And I'm like, what? what? Yeah. So it, it was good. It was good for me to look at it. Good for me to kind of kick around what's going on with AMD. Like I said, it'll be really interesting to see if the bottom falls out on the, the, the x86 market for, for what it is. Will we even, will we go completely ARM? Will... 
You know, um, I was listening to, I think, Windows Weekly, and they were talking about uh, Qualcomm's 1000 chip that's coming out here, I think, sometime next year. And supposed to give, like, core i5 dual-core performance. And all of a sudden, you're like, really? I mean, at significantly reduced energy. Yeah. Better performance, you know, type deal. So it could be really the, the next two years for processors could be really interesting in where we go. And uh, I, I think it's, it's a good idea to keep your eye on the ball. I, I also posted in the Facebook group, Mike, you and I, a couple of years ago, had talked about this car diagnostic tool that you can yeah. plug in, right, to it. Uh, we messed around with it and we didn't anything twice. And then all of a sudden, and I think it came up on a Facebook ad. But if you go out to hum, H-U-M.com, hum.com, Verizon is the parent company behind this. But you can basically buy a car diagnostic tool, a Bluetooth hands-free device that goes on your visor that you can use. And, and, and then all the services, including one of those units that plug into your car. And all of them work together with your insurance company to give you better rates, to keep track of the things that are going on in your car. And if anything goes wrong to help make kind of that emergency phone call, right? That it's kind of the OnStar for people who don't have OnStar going on. Again, hum.com. Plans um, for them, their most expensive plan, the hardware is only 70 bucks. That gets you a, that gets you the app, that gets you the visor device that's got the, 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 um, uh, the microphone in it. And it gets you that little plug-in uh, that goes in your car for 70 and then $15 a month covers everything you do, data, any of the call, any, you know, the calling, the hands-free calling, anything crash response. You can also, interestingly enough, it creates a Wi-Fi hotspot in your car, 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that supports up to 10 devices oh. in your car, which is pretty interesting. All included in the service plan of 15 bucks a month. I found that kind of interesting, Mike. Not yeah, not bad at all. I've been kind of into this a lot and just the kind of the car monitoring lately. So I posted, I don't know if you guys talked about it last week while I was out, but I actually just installed a dash cam in my car and those are becoming extremely affordable. If you don't need all the bells and whistles of GPS and everything. So this one I got was $39 and it's perfect. It's 1080p. You just plug it in. So I ran the wire all nice up in my, you know, up in the ceiling down to my USB adapter. I plugs into my cigarette lighter and it works really well. And I'm just thinking, you know, if I do get in an accident, um, you know, if it's yeah. my fault, likely it's going to be proven that's my fault, but I'd rather have proof on the opposite end if it was someone else's fault. I've already caught some pretty cool things on it, you know, people turning double lanes, and it's a lot of fun to kind of play with. So, yeah, I'm going to look at Hum, too. There's another one called, I think it's Auto, same sort of thing, uh, same sort of program that I saw a while ago, and and they're kind of leading the charge, too, so them and Hum uh, yeah, it might be worth taking a look. Interesting. Their plan right below it. So their their second tier, if this was it was ABC, we just covered C B is ten dollars a month, thirty dollars gets you the unit that plugs into your car. They'll you can go onto the site and put your car model year in, they'll tell you if they've got one that fits it. And then um you get the crash response, which is kind of cool. So 24-7 crash response, pinpoint roadside assistance, vehicle diagnostic. Stolen vehicle assistance uh, are kind of the, the main headlines in there, right? So if your car's stolen, uh, they're probably going to be able to pinpoint it for you, which is yeah. kind of cool if, you, if you're worried about that. And then they have a basic plan uh, if you just want to give it a try. Um, just the app is available out there for you. The Free Hum app uh, offers features that can enhance your driving experience. It's going to be those uh, speed. It's like a map. They have, it's like using Google Waze, except it's tracked. 
And then of course that can get you for some insurance companies that can get you some, some dollars off your insurance. Mike, does your, does your auto insurance company have any, any bennies like that or anything? No, but they would give you a discount for something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, using USAA. I, I need to look into it. It was just one of those interesting things like, hmm, like my car does not do Bluetooth or does not do hands-free very well. Right. And the, I bought a little Logitech hands-free device and this microphone on it is the worst. It's the worst. Like it's awful. There's a $30 device. I don't know what I was expecting, but it's really, really terrible. And I'd love to have it kind of up in the visor where it should be. Right. And yeah. So, I have the same thing. And I have, I mainly used it just to get Bluetooth connectivity for my, to listen to music in my car. Cause I have an aux port. So I don't know if you use the same thing on the Logitech. It's mainly just to get music into the car, right. but it has the microphone on it. And I agree. It's terrible. Everyone on the line of the line is like, Hey, can you switch? I, I, I'm getting road noise. I can't even hear you. I have to switch. Oh, no, it's terrible. I listen. Sometimes I do voice notes with it and then I, I can't even understand myself. And it yeah, sounds like yeah. I'm a million miles away. I yeah. really, I literally have to pull the thing off the dash. It's magnetically attached to it. I pull it off the dash and I have to put it right here and, you know, talk into it like it's this microphone. And you're like, yeah, I'm not sure that's really what I intended to do with this thing. I kind of was hoping it would be a hands-free device in the car. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I have to think about this. That $70 plan doesn't look too bad. $15 a month. I, I, the last thing I really want to do is pick up another monthly plan. So I kind of need to look That's in and see the monthly plan. But if it saved me 15 bucks a month on insurance. So I kind of need to look into USAA and kind of say, hey, I've been thinking about this. The interesting thing is it is backed by Verizon. So it's not right. like it's not like it's some Silicon Valley startup that, you know, it's three guys in their garage trying to do this thing. We're like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. And you're like, yeah, but nobody, <laughs> nobody and knows. Do you have Verizon? I don't. I'm a Sprint I wonder guy. if there's a discount if you already have a plan mm. with them. Yeah, it might be worth checking into. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Well, I found it kind of interesting. We hadn't talked about auto tech in a while. If you're using some kind of auto tech, we'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, jim at TV. Jump in the Facebook group. Let us know. I've got a post in there. And there's a couple comments around it. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, Mike, I wasn't getting any new people to the Facebook group. And since we started doing this here on the show, I'm getting a couple a week now. It's pretty cool. So well, it's a fun group to be in. It's a lot more engaging now than it was before. I totally yeah, agree. Right on. Now that we're kind of uh, highlighting these posts from the Facebook group, we'd love to have you chime in. I noticed some new folks join and they haven't chimed in. We call those lurkers. Don't be a lurker. <laughs> be a contributor. Love to have you in the Facebook group. All right, uh, last one from the Facebook from the Facebook group, and I think this link still works. I've been trying not to talk about these things unless the links still work as of showtime, and it doesn't. But this week, just just as an example of of something you can find, QNAP, and they do this all the time at Woot, right? So the Woot computer deals uh, a three bay uh, NAS system from QNAP, the TS three twenty eight. 199 bucks. And so if you've kind of been waiting to get in, I think that was what I was talking about that I almost picked up. Yeah. These are the deals I think that you want to get in on. QNAP is by far kind of the value brand. When we think about uh, the various NAS devices that are out there, QNAP's probably on the lower end. Synology, probably a little bit on the higher end. Uh, Drobo, which actually just got, just was announced. uh, They're going through an acquisition again. So they're being acquired by a bigger company. Posted that link in the Facebook group as well. But uh, QNAP kind of on the bottom end uh, or on the value end, let's say, of it from a price perspective. So you want to stay. We won't talk about this very long. Mike, what, tell me tell me what about this system 
made you think, mm, maybe I'll pull the trigger on this one? Well, mainly because of low power consumption. So I was going back and forth. I knew that if I was going to build an Unraid box, I was going to repurpose an old board and CPU. And it was going to pull about 60 watts, which is really high for something that's just sitting there being storage. So I was like, well, it's low power consumption. Uh, you know, three bays is decent. And then, uh, but it's like, well, you know, for $189, I could buy a new case. I could get, you know, another hard drive and then repurpose it. But I, I was yeah. I was on the verge of it. And they're so easy. And what you were mentioning with the apps that do all the auto backup and things like that, they have a good ecosystem of apps already built in that are just easy to use. So if you're someone that doesn't want to have to tinker with it and you don't have to build something new, these are fantastic. I got uh, not that same brand, but I got a Synology one for my parents and they love it. There's the apps are easy to use. The storage is there. It just all works. We're super low power consumption and it works well. Yeah. I think that's where these NAS kind of devices, whether it's Synology or QNAP fit in the ecosystem is the parents, right? The rents. You yep. can put it in. They're not going to mess with it. You can expose it to the network, create a short top, uh, short top, a shortcut on their desktop. There we go. And say, okay, put everything here. And you know, it's going to be backed up. If this light starts blinking, call me. Um, you know, it, it just, they, they do make great parental backup units. If you have parents who are fairly tech savvy, but can't save anything other than to their desktop, right? You've seen that and you know, your parents are that way. So just admit it and get them an ass. And that's, I think for 200 bucks. And then you're going to, you're probably in, you probably need, I think probably, you know, I would think three drives, you know, the sweet spot, by the way, on drives, uh, under a hundred bucks are three terabytes. They're 50 bucks in most cases. Two and one are going to be some variation of 35 or 40. So like it, it, it just, you know, but like in that system, so you buy three, even if you stripe them, you're talking about giving them four and a half or five terabytes of space. Most of the rents don't need that much space. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're kind of like, oh, what do you do? Do you just, do you find maybe, maybe you've got some one terabyte sitting around that you can just throw in there or yep. something like that. So that's the hard part. I think that's the hard part now is loading those things up. The sweet spots are three and eight terabytes. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but those are the pricing on, from a price point perspective. Those are the the real sweet spots in the space. And of course, you know, I don't know. I, I'm a, I, you know, I have a hard time filling up two terabytes for the most part, you know, and I'm, I'm saving movies and such. All right. Since we're talking about storage, can't believe you actually did this. You alluded to it two weeks ago. You're the fastest guy on the planet to adopt new things. Tell us what you did, Mike Weger. Well, yeah. So we were talking about crypto and I was joking that, you know, it might be time for me to hop out of burst. It, you know, wasn't as profitable as it had been. I didn't have a huge system in the first place. I only had 32 terabytes. So that was why I think it was a little bit easier for me to pull that trigger because I wasn't making a ton of burst anyway. I wasn't one of the big dogs. So yeah, I pulled essentially, well, I, I tested it first. So I kept the system the exact same. Um, I pulled out the eight terabyte hard drives, kept all my internal ones and just loaded up Unraid actually. Threw it on a USB stick, which by the way, every single install of a USB stick should be like Unraid. It popped up a little utility, you plugged in the USB and it did it for you. You didn't have to use Rufus or anything like that to create the media. I mean, it was just the whole process, by the way, overarching theme was just easy, easy, easy to get set up. I had it set up in an hour and and loved it. So I kept it in the box, did all of that, made sure it all worked. It worked. I liked it. I liked the whole thing. I did the trial. They have a great 30-day free trial. So then I was like, okay, 
Now I can spend, so I sold my eight terabyte hard drives. I sold all three of them. I said, well, there's my upgrade money. And I went out and I bought a rose wheel. If you guys haven't, I mean, for a cheap case, if you guys aren't doing anything big, these rose wheel cases are fantastic. It's a huge server case. This one has uh, 15 bays. It's got 15 drive bays up front. A lot of fans, which I like, fans right in front, fans in the middle, fans in the back. So it's got three rows of fans all along the way and it sucks air in and pushes it out the back. Uh, so a great case for it. Loaded up a few more hard drives, bought an SSD. So I have two SSDs in there for a cache and I built an Unraid box and that's a, nice. in general what it was. So I in there right now, uh, I don't have too much storage. I have two four terabyte drives and the biggest drive, you, one of the biggest drives you put in has to be the parity drive. So one of those four terabytes is the parity. And then beyond that, two, 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 two terabyte drives, um, one 500 gig SSD and one 120 gig SSD, which both of those go into a cash pool. One interesting thing about Unread, I didn't know, they have a very unique way of doing a cash pool. So I thought that they were just going to add together. It was going to be my 120 plus my 500 gig. I get 620 of cash or it would be some weird calculation of like cutting it right in half, but they have this weird calculation where it takes both SSDs, puts them into a pool. So with 620 terabytes, uh, I think I have, or 620 gigabytes, sorry. I have 320 usable in that cache. So it's kind of interesting the way they do the calculation. Works pretty well. The things I like so far, extremely easy to set up. Time machine compatibility was easy. So you can just create a share, enable time machine and your Mac, which is if you're, if you're not a Mac user, you don't realize how hard it is to find something that's in, like it works with time machine. Usually you just need to hang a drive off, but it works extremely well with time machine. Um, it's super low on RAM requirements. If you're not running any VMs or Dockers, you can have you could probably have two gigs in there. I have four and it's only using 27% because it doesn't touch the RAM for storage. It only touches that RAM for VMs and Dockers. So you can go really low on there. And then just, we all know about Unraid, the way it does it, it's, it's not conventional RAID. You need one parity drive and then you get the full capacity of everything else, which is perfect. You could add a second parity drive if you wanted to, but I don't need one. Um, and it just works it just works. It's it's flawless. It's been great. I haven't had to touch it. It's been running ever since. Changes are super easy to make. And now I have, so I think total, what did I say? I think I have six terabytes of usable space plus the SSDs. And, and the way they it, do the- Does it do a pretty good job of managing the drives when they're not in use? Yes. That's what I love about it. So the way it fills up the drives, it doesn't stripe. That's what I like about Unraid. It doesn't stripe across all the drives. Um, it will fill. So the, I think the way I figured it out, it actually does is it will fill up. It'll only use one drive and it'll fill that up until it's at half capacity. And then it'll say, okay, I'm going to switch over. I'm going to start filling up this drive. And what that does is it makes it so that you really, you can only have to spin up the drives where that data is stored on. If you're accessing one file, it only has to spin up one drive because it didn't stripe that data across the drives. So you save on all that because it doesn't have to spin up the drives. So the speed is actually relatively okay on, on both of those. The cache, the, this cache is a smart way to do it. It says, okay, I'm going to fill up the cache. So if you have a cache pool of SSDs, I'm going to fill that up. And then you set how often you want me to move that over to the bigger drive. So I have it set to once a day at two, at like 7 a.m. Go ahead and move that SSD cache over there. You could do it less. Mm -hmm. You could do it more if you want. So it kind of keeps those files there, which is great for if you're working on files and you're working on like a daily basis and you're using the same files, it's, it keeps those in the cache and, and you don't have to be writing back and forth to the big drives.
first in, first out on. So in other words, so you have 310, right? Yeah. That your cash is 310. It moves everything. Okay. So, but so it keeps it all in there. Okay. And then. Um, so what if I do 500 gig to the 310 drive? Does it the keep. The first 310 get in and then that over? second. No, then it doesn't move it. Okay. Then the rest of your moving goes straight to the array. Okay. Go straight to your spinners. So, and then that first 300 that it had in there, it'll stay in there until it hits your schedule or until you, you can go in and enact it um, okay. manually, but until right. it hits that schedule, then it'll transfer everything over. And so that'll be empty. Then the cash and then it'll be empty. empty. Yep. Okay. Well, cause you, the, the default is that it stores app data, some, some files in there. So there's about 27, at least for me, like 23 gig of stuff that's always in the cache because that's the way Unraid uses it. And I didn't change those defaults and that's fine with me. But the way that works is it works pretty well because for most files, if I'm doing daily work on stuff, I'm not going to go over 320 gig of files right. and on a backup actually. So you set it per share if you want it to use the cache pool. I have my backups. Like when my thing's doing time machine, when my windows machines are backing up, I don't have it use the cache because I don't care how long it takes. It doesn't need to be fast for me. Those backups just need to go straight to the array. And that way it leaves the cache open for me for my video editing and anything like that. So those backups don't even touch the cache because they would go over it anyway. And it wouldn't be, it would be a bad use of that high speed cache. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, um, you know, I'm looking at my files from Cyber Frontiers. We recorded another Cyber Frontiers last week. So if you're just kind of monitoring that feed, we have a brand new one if you want to go out and listen to it. But um, and those files, those video files get, can still get pretty big. And I think my very largest video file is, let me just look at this really quick about, you know, just over a gig maybe. So, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about 300 gig, I'm not going to go over that even with a full array, you know, I get about a gig and some change and then in a couple hundred meg for the YouTube file that I get. And then you know, maybe uh, 200 meg and another 800. So let's just even say it's five gig total. Like in your in your scenario, not going to run into trouble there. Um, that that 300 gig is going to be plenty for me. It's going to sit it unless you're doing movies or I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to think of like 500 gig a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of data moving around. So for most people, right, goes goes cash sits there, flushes it out for you. Yep. You said once a day. You could do that once an hour. You can. Right? You yeah. Can do it and then that cash will stay empty until you start moving more stuff over. Mike Howard says, I sets my drive to high water, which means it will write to the disk with the most free space. Of course, it has to write uh, to the cache at first. I have a 12 terabyte. Yes. Um, I have 12 terabytes of podcast files now. Each show is about 100 gig of data. So and I think. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. So mine are set to high water too. I think high water goes to the, like I call it the water limit, right? So mine is half. So it fills up the drive to half and then it says, okay, now I'm at half. I'll go to another drive, fill that up to half. I think that's how it works. Cause I noticed at least mine are all set to high water and none of my files were written to any other disc except for my four terabyte disc until that four terabyte hit exactly two terabytes. And then I noticed it started to fill up the next drive. Hmm. So I think that high water sets a threshold and then it switches over. But I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm, I'm only a week into Unraid. Yeah, so. Mike's been doing his for nine years, which is pretty awesome. Tony or uh, Mark Robson says, I use mine for media. and never get close to filling the cache when I load. Um, I did the files direct. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So you can 
turn off the cache for when you're doing your initial like transfer from one NAS to another, right? I had two terabytes of stuff that I was moving over to it at once. I did just eliminate the cache, went straight to the array. And you can also turn off parity for a little bit, which helps because when parity is on, you're really capped about 40 megabytes per second. Um, and if you turn off parity, you can get a little more performance on that. So for your initial, right, since you don't care about parity for your initial one because you have the data somewhere else, and then you can turn on parity after that. Yeah, get it loaded. And yeah, and then, then turn let on it. Parity. Yeah, let it do its thing, right? Yep, or exactly. it'll do the parity automatically for you. Um, no, pretty cool. I, I I guess I'm not surprised you gave Unraid Unraid a try. I'm um, I'm over under. I'm giving you six months. If you know, I win. If it's less than six months, then I switch to something else. You, you win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what even moving a NAS is a pain in the butt. So I'm much less likely to switch away from this NAS. I would probably just buy new gear. I'm not saying I will buy four more GPUs and get back into GPU mining or something like that. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you might um, you might change your mind and be like, you know, I'm just going to put this on a Synology or, you know, I don't know. I kind of like the power of the. Those, the, the one thing about those Synologies and QNAPs is that they're extremely low power in terms of CPU. Right. They can't do much. They right. can't do any security camera stuff. I'm waiting for Sighthound to actually have a Docker for Unraid. And then I could run my video camera software just directly on the NAS and start to eliminate some have of Have they given things. any indication that they're working on it? I don't think so. I'm, yeah. I mean, someone might have done it, but uh, I haven't looked into it too much. I do like, you can run simple things though. Like I'm going to switch over my Ubiquity controller for my access points over to the Unraid box. Right now those are sitting on a Windows machine. And uh, if you've ever used Unify controller on Windows, you know it doesn't play nicely. Um, so I might switch that over. There's a lot of really cool features, but I just loved how drop dead simple it was to get set up and running. Uh, so average guy, one to five, one being super easy, five being difficult for the average guy. What do you give this Unraid? Um, easy or hard to do? One to five. The hardest part is putting together the computer. So if you've done that before, or if you have a computer already built, it's a one as easy as could be. Okay. Uh, maybe 1.5. Okay? okay. Like there's some settings and you have to kind of be able to plug them in. So maybe not exactly a one, but as close as you can get to one. Okay. If well, you can set up a Synology or QNAP, you can set up Unraid. Good. I think. I think All it's right. pretty, yeah, pretty some. It might be something worth trying. I know M- Mike and Mark who... Coming on the grilling show, the big grilling show, we just scheduled September 27th. So if you're into grilling, you will not want to miss that show. They're coming on here that Thursday. But both of them are unraid enthusiasts. Mike's been talking about it I, in the ba- way back to the home server show days. Uh, he's been talking. Uh, just It's this thing. And, you know, to I can see why now. <laughs> oh, yeah. To yeah. stick to it for nine years. Well, it must be pretty good. Well, and I did free NAS before this. Right. And that was just, I mean, that was way more complicated. Now, granted, that was the first time I'd ever done really anything in that space. But uh, I think Unraid, hands down over free NAS for the average guy, especially because of the low RAM requirements, if you're not doing VMs or Dockers, and just ease of use. I think it's yeah. far superior for the average guy than free NAS. Free NAS has its, it definitely its strengths, but it's not for the average guy as much as Unraid is. The cyber schools just woke up. He'd been out there earlier and he woke up and was like, Hey, wait a minute. You guys should be talking Unraid. And he, he has 96 terabytes in his Unraid box. So yeah, that wins. So there you go. <laughs> I've got eight. Yeah. My measly eight, which is more than enough for me. I really don't have much. Uh, it, at some um, point it becomes a little ridiculous. It's a little sarcastic when you have that much storage. I'm just kidding. Cyber schools, but it is a little sarcastic when you have that much storage. I don't know what your, yeah. 
Know well, but the one, okay. So one last thing I'll mention about that. Um, so someone in the group and I can't remember who, but I wanted to shout them out. Now I can't remember who suggested it. We were talking about backing up. We talked about this two weeks ago. How do you back up your phone and all your camera roll? Right. So mine goes to the iCloud. So I, I have it in the cloud, which is fine, but I wanted local. Uh, someone suggested Plex camera uploader and I had never tried it mainly because I was worried about, you know, my photos showing up on TV and stuff like that. But if you actually set it up, it is the easiest thing to use. Uh, ever. And it's extremely smart the way it does it on iOS. It works perfectly. So when you plug your phone in at night, it'll just do it without even launching the app. Uh, and it, you can actually set which libraries in, in Plex, you can have internal users in your account. So that's how I did it. I created a home account, which is what our TV uses. And that can only see our movies and TVs. It can't see the photo libraries. Uh, and then our other, my account and Hannah's account have pins on them. So you'd have to plug in the pin in order to see our photo libraries. And that was just, it was a great suggestion because it, it's perfect. And now Plex connects to my Unraid box and uh, it's, it's flawless. What are you running Plex on? I'm actually, I'm not running Plex on the Unraid box yet. Right. Um, I'm I running would, it still on I my OptiPlex. Yeah, it's I a would. lot easier on Windows. I kind of like it. Yeah. And because of the, especially because I do the live TV, I haven't played with the live TV on like an Unraid box Docker version of Plex, but the USB tuners that I use uh, work a lot better on Windows because I don't have a network tuner. If you have a home run, it's a lot easier. But if you have a USB based tuner, it's going to be uh, better on Windows. Yeah, yeah I, just so think I, it's, I run it on my OptiPlex and then I just connect it over. I think it's a lot easier that way, to be honest. And and I've been thinking of moving. We have it. The Plex server right now runs on a Core i3 in the living room. But I've got this Core i7 that I bought, you know, for sixty bucks at work. That is now all it's my it, all it does is mine burst, and you know it's a it's a pretty under underutilized box and would make a great Plex box, um, especially if I was storing the Plex data somewhere else. You should. Um, so yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about. It. I just got to get used. I haven't even gotten Sarah using Plex. She's still using Windows Media Center. So we're the still not guide. Even have Plex, you used so. the guide lately? I have. Yeah, the new the Four new TV guide. Yeah, yeah. I think Plex is really stepping up their game. Well, I like your idea too of moving. You know, if you're not, if you don't have a plan for your pictures, Plex is a nice way to go, and you can yeah. share them, and it'll it'll kind of catalog catalog them for you. It's a great way to do it. Podcasts as well. Their their podcast app just came out of beta, yep. so you know you could go all in one with Plex. Go all in if that's the way you want to go. And it's funny because I actually, I look at my pictures more now that they're in Plex because when I load my personal account, I can see them and it, you know, I'm actually scrolling through my pictures and looking at them more now that they're on Plex because they're on my, when I go to watch a movie, I see, oh, my phone just uploaded some photos and I look back and relive a memory. And I, yeah. I called Hannah down just a little bit. I'm like, Hey, I got a video of you and your dad seeing karaoke when we first met and you know, just fun things like that that you, yeah. you would never go through and scroll that far back in your phone. Uh, but it's kind of fun seeing it in Plex. Yeah. It's good. Th those guys are on top of it. And um, so uh, the guys over at Entertainment 2.0, uh, Josh and Richard, of course, if you don't listen to that podcast, you should. They spend a lot of time talking about Flex. Uh, it's been in the news a lot. We don't we, we allude to it a couple times a year, uh, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe once a month. But it's definitely worth jumping in on right now. Like they I have never seen this much movement in a company with this much development doing so many great things on so many great platforms. Right. Got a shield and NVIDIA shield that freaking thing works great on that. They just got a software update for that as well. And it's just, it's drop dead simple and dynamite. It just got, I've been waiting for media center to die just to be honest with you. It's yeah. like, you know, come on media center, just die on me. Cause Sarah, there's no sense moving her 
to Plex until that thing dies. Because if, if as soon as as soon as they move it to Plex, anything that goes wrong, it's going to be like, oh, I'm just going back. Like, and then you've then you've lost them completely. You got to burn the you got to burn the ship. That ship has to just burn to the ground and not be available anymore. And it's like, well, Plex is the way to go. And I so think can actually, she watch it on her phone with Windows Media Center. No, no, no it's just on no. the TV. And just you have to have the, the PC set up and everything like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it it in the current world, it works great. And and actually, it's given me plenty of time to troubleshoot Plex and get it where I like where I can support it and I can understand it and I, it works with our tuners and. All those things. A year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, it wasn't ready. No, it like wasn't. This, I totally no agree. Way. Yeah. This last no. year has been huge for Plex. Well, good uh, good update from you, Mike. Anything else on Unraid before I change the subject? I don't think so. I think we covered it all as okay. much as I loved. Uh, well, we'll get some Unraid it. updates from you. And uh, listen, yeah, I'm sure you know, I know coming. you think right now that you're going to stay on this thing. I know you too well, Uyghur. That's, that's a good point. You're... There'll be something new soon. You're like, I sold it. I, the, I got, <laughs> got rid of it. I got I triple got the price. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, if I can get triple the price for it. I got triple the price for that Roswell uh, case and yeah. I sold it. I'm out. I didn't even ask. And I didn't tell anybody and it's done. And I'm already using a Synology box. That's was, exactly what's going to happen. Dude. There was a guy in our uh, buy sell trade on Facebook who posted that he has 30 raspberry pies. And he's like, hey, what, what, what are these things? What do you guys use them for? And so people were commenting what they use them for. He's like, yeah, I got 30 of them. Don't even know what to do. I'm like, how'd you end up with 30 Raspberry Pis? I was like, well, I'll give it to you for this. And I'm going to put them all on eBay. <laughs> you want 10 bucks per Raspberry Pi? You know, I'll give you $200. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. off your hand. You don't know what to do with them. Where, where did I see? I was watching something and somebody did something really cool with a Raspberry Pi. What was it? Probably been, me with my video cameras. I've no. been watching <laughs> so much YouTube lately. Oh, it'll come to me here me in a too. second. Hey, so we talked last week. I think you missed the Zmoto guys sent me the the camera. I'll put that up there. See if you can see that. So, oh yeah, that's what we were sh- talking about two weeks ago. So you, yeah. so you got it. Yeah. So you can see the camera right there. It's actually out in the garage right now. Okay. And then there's um, the hub is right here, and uh, it's only been in a the week. Hub. The yeah, it's got its own. It has its own hub. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why here in just okay. a second. Um, uh, in the box also though, now remember this is, if you go to zmoto.com and they still may come on the show and talk about this, but I thought I'd give a little bit of an update comes with a battery charger. The battery is good for what they call a season. So I'm imagining three to six months, kind of based on your usage, the app tells you how much the battery, how much battery life you have. So you're never that far away from kind of knowing where it's at, but there's a little battery charger that comes with, and then what's really, really cool. I love this design. It came with a magnetic um, so you would hang this on the wall and you could hang it oh, this way. You could pivot. Yeah. So underneath on the yes. camera, it's got a little divot here that sits on top of this. And so you can kind of position that any way for the most part that you want. It would can even you go support upside it. down. It can. Oh, check yeah. It it'll even support it that way. And, um, okay. so really, really cool. Uh, the, the, you know, one of the things I didn't like about this setup and this is indoor and outdoor camera. So the camera is actually rated for outdoor use, but where could I put this that somebody just couldn't jump up there and snag it? Like it'd have to be pretty high in yeah. a pretty high spot, right? Cause it's not That's secured true. in any way. So right. I was like, I don't know. So that, that kept me from, from putting it outside. And then okay. I thought, what would, where would be a cool place? And so I just put it on a shelf actually in the garage, got a handy little app that comes with it. Uh, that the, in, in a really drop dead camera setup, simple, easy 
You talked about Unraid being easy. This is the easiest wireless camera I have Which ever set up. Which is rare to find with cameras, so I'm interested because usually yeah. those apps that come with them are not easy to use. Put the you plug the the uh, the the hub into the into power, and it starts flashing. You go to the app, if you find it, you know, like you do, you you, you connect yeah. your phone to it right first. Go through a few setup steps, and then it says you want to add a camera, and you go yeah, and it shows a QR screen, and you literally just hold the camera to the QR, boom, it's programmed, and you're done. It's wow. and now has it. It owns it. Now the reason it can do that so simply is it's its own DHCP uh, router. So you turn it on, it creates an, a network. The box, my Bitdefender box, found it really quick and said, "Hey, there's another DHCP router near you. Um, this could cause problems on your network." Which I found that really interesting. That box found that. I was like, "That's interesting. Like it's yeah. monitoring." Yeah. So. Um, I wasn't super thrilled about that and not having any control over that IP address. It uses a pretty odd IP address when it fires itself up, but still, if I was still using that on my own network, that would for sure have caused conflicts. My wife had, uh, we had an internet outage. So the wire, she's wired, but she has a Wi-Fi card on there. And I forgot I'd turned on that Wi-Fi card for something else the other day. This was a couple months ago. So it was getting its internet from the wire from the wired connection. Wired went down and immediately went to the wireless and said, "Okay, what are available networks?" Well, because my internet was down, my router goes automatically. The Bitdefender box goes down when there's no internet. It does not okay. try to doesn't it broadcast. When doesn't it's broadcast. Down. This hub stayed up. So what do you think all my wireless things connected to? Oh, did it go over there? So it connected, got an IP address, and it was like, "Okay, good." Now it had no internet. Right, but it got an IP address. Still connected. So when the internet came back up, um, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I have an IP address. And I could not figure out why it was not working. As I was resetting some things and doing some stuff. So I had to disable the Wi-Fi connection, that Wi-Fi connection on the on that card. to, And then it would for, it failed over to the, to the Ethernet connection. Now, okay. again, it's not smart to run two network cards, especially one wired and one wireless. That's not a smart thing to do. I'm going to leave it permanently uh, disabled. But it was still one of those reminders like, oh. So, and then you got me hooked on Sighthound. And, of course, so I'm like, hmm, Wi-Fi cam? Sort of. It's yeah. own Wi-Fi, but I can't I can't attach Sighthound to it to see it. You can. I, I, I looked it up, and I have the stream oh. path for you. So after the show, oh. that was, was going to be my little surprise for you. That but, is awesome. Because uh, yeah. they were like, nope. I said, yeah. hey, I, must, I, I contacted their support. By the way, in their app, they have support. And the guy answered me in a minute. Really? So like, yeah, super. I was like, hey, I got a question. Boom. What is it? Whoa. Like, okay. Wow. And so this, here's like a company that they're on Kickstarter. And right. they're just starting to do this. I would not have expected their app to have live chat support. And it worked. So yeah, go ahead. So here's the secret: um, when you are when you get one of these cameras, and you can do this with like the Cox home security cameras that are locked down. They'll tell you can't be. There's no stream path. We don't know what it is. Just Google whatever the camera is with Blue Iris support because there is a huge community behind Blue Iris, and it's it's the same technology. If you use Sighthound, all you need is a stream path, and there is guaranteed. There is forums galore on people who have hacked these things. And you don't even have to hack them, but they have found what the stream path is, which is all you need. And all cameras really do have one that's, I mean, with the exception of Ring, who's very odd, and some of those, uh, usually someone has found out what the stream path is, and yeah. you can you can use it. 
So after the show, we'll, we'll go in and we'll see we'll, if it works. I'm not a hundred, you know, I'm not hundred percent, but um, they do have support for Zmodo now. Okay, all right, we'll give it a, we'll give it a try. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things, so I set up in the garage, 180 degree. It, it's a really good camera. One of the crazy things is when you go live on the video, it's uh, it's like augmented reality. So as you move your phone around like this, it pivots and pans the view. The camera doesn't move. It's just restricting um, what you're seeing in the app, right? It's got to be a pretty wide angle then. 180. Yeah, it's a it's That's a awesome. pretty yeah. It's no, it's really good. Infrared is good. Qu- quality is good. Sound is good. Speaker microphone in is great. Speaker out not so great. My so I was we were in Northwest Missouri State dropping my daughter off, and I got this note. I got a notification on my phone. You know, hey, it's and it's in my garage, so it's not like it's the one in the, you know, the one on the porch gets triggered by cars all day long. So I just right. ignore it, right? It's really, it's, I have the, the cameras on the porch. The porch cam is really to defer people from stealing packages because you can see the camera in the window. Like it's more deterrent like that. And hey, I'm going to see you if you're stealing my package. But that didn't come up. That didn't sound right. So, but the, <laughs> the garage one, uh, nobody knew it was there. So my son came over to wash his car and he, he routinely, he lives in an apartment complex, doesn't have good access to mm-hmm. that. He likes to hand wash his car. So he comes over here and uses our, uh, uses our hose. So he go, he comes in the garage and I'm starting to get pictures back of him washing the car. So he comes in, he's look, you can see him looking for stuff and then he's reading instructions. And then a, a time goes by where I don't see him for a while. And then he comes back in no shirt and he's, you know, washing the car. So then I start talking to him through the camera and he's, he's looking, he's looking around like, like what's, what's, cause I didn't told anybody had a camera right, in, in right. the garage. He has no idea what's coming from. God? So, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? And um, so it kind of passed the average guy test. Easy to set up, easy to use. If you can get it working with Sighthound, that that was going to be my major. Mm, no, they're a little expensive, and they're 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 on sale right now. And imagine the price will come down at some time. They're 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 a little pricey on this. Zmoto.com. You can check out the current prices that are, are going on with it. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me. Let's just see what a starter just pack. A range. Yeah, and they have, you know, they've got, they're kind of working the ring space. So they've got cameras, doorbells. Um, they're this this camera, this Snap Pro security camera that I have. If you order it right now, pre-order it right now, it is on the Kickstarter campaign that gets you the hub and the camera. It is, I don't know. So can you connect the camera once you have it connected in the first place? Could you switch it to connect to your home wireless Wi-Fi instead of your that little no. router? No. It's only really? Yeah, so I asked him. I said, "Hey, can I turn off DHCP?" Um one, can I turn off DHCP cuz Bitdefender is complaining about it? And two, can I connect it? And they're like, "No, this is the beauty of the easy of the setup. It's its own thing." And the, the reason it's easy is because they control everything in the ecosystem. Gotcha. Um, so now a one pack, um, 102 bucks right now for, uh, for on the Kickstarter campaign. It looks like. Yeah. So if you go to, if you go to zmoto.com, click for a high, I mean, it's high quality. It says 1080p or 720. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, hold on. I should know that. I, you know, I didn't even look at, I didn't even look at the specs. Uh, on this 1080p, yeah, okay. 1080p in color. It's got night vision. Night vision is pretty good too. Um, that worked. That worked out pretty well. Audio both ways. 
So, uh, super, yeah, like I said, super easy, easy to use, simple setup. So I'll be testing it a little bit for a little bit longer. Um, Uyghur, it may show up at your place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I may want to get, then we may have them on after we've, we've gone, like that. we've gone through that. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to give it a good, they have a, they have one of those pivot, um, devices that you can set on a, on a table and it will, the camera will pan. Pan tilt mm-hmm. zoom. So that's 150 for the pivots. They've got a pan and tilt camera for 99 bucks, a little, a little less. I know expensive. a lot of people that use those for their pets. Yeah. To monitor their dogs and stuff like that because you can follow them around. They're outdoor. They have a, they have a 180 outdoor cam that looks like the ring doorbell. Those are 99 bucks. Actually, I'm looking at their pricing. Not, not bad. Not bad. And their doorbell is 179. What's a, what's a ring? Uh, about that price, if not yeah. more expensive, depending yeah. on which gen you get. I'm right. waiting on the Simply Safe doorbell just because I would integrate with my security system. Right. But yeah, I'm also in that looking for one of those. Well, and this may be one of those deals where, and they got door sensors and Wi-Fi extenders. This may be one of those where I actually thought they were they were more expensive than they are. I, I had not, for some reason, I had thought these prices were a little bit more. But um, <laughs> the um, I, I'm going to give it a number of that. Or what's, it what's is it called? It's called the Snap Pro Security Cam. Snap Pro. Um, literally, you know, you t- I took it out of the box, took the battery out of its package, put it in, closed it. It's on. It's ready to go. And and I think three to six months on that battery. I'm, I don't think I'll probably have it long enough to test it. I'm going to see if I can talk them into letting me keep it. But um, at first I was like, nah, I'll send it back to you. They even sent me a, a return, you know, for it. But I'm going I'm to see if I'll talk them. I mean, if it's good enough, I may even... I mean, buy it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So like I said, we'll try and I, I wanted to test it for a little while. Use it. I, you know, I, I hate doing these three day reviews. And then you're kind of like, eh. but some interesting, I don't know, some interesting. This seems like a little bit more average guy, DIY home security. Um, and if it, if it works all through a single hub and it's as good on the app as I think it is, it may compete in those dealing spaces and some of those. Other ones, what I haven't looked into is Ring has got that service where you can get it. I think you can get it attached to a service, a call, like the alarms go off. They do things or you can do it your own. You can do it your own way. So I just got it in. I got home. uh, I just got it in this weekend. I got it set up and and now we're talking about it. So I'll continue to mess with it for the next couple of weeks. But uh, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool little box. Like I said, we'll try and get them on the show here as well. Mike, uh, two weeks ago, maybe three, we talked about maybe some Apple Watch or some Apple announcements coming up. Anything else you want to share? Anything new along those lines? So new in the Apple Watch space, it looks like they're going to be coming out with a new Apple Watch. And this is the first time we might see a little bit different form factor. I say a little bit different because it seems from all the rumors, uh, Ming-Chi Kuo is the one that everyone always quotes. It seems like it'll just be a smaller bezel. When you look at the mock-ups, though, of it, it actually does look pretty nice. You don't realize, you know, when you look at the Apple Watch, most of them have a black background for a face, so you really don't even know where your bezel starts and stops. Uh, but they had a full-screen image up on the watch and some of the mo- mock-ups they had, and it looked pretty nice. The smaller bezel did look good. You know, a lot of people are still wanting them to go more traditional watch, you know, circular face, things like that. So, I don't think they're going to do that this time, but I do think a revised version of this watch with a smaller bezel is possible. So 
that's one of the updates there. And then just another small news update. And I, I don't know the exact update of when this happened. And it's for a small, no one out here is probably going to, this isn't going to affect anyone. But if you use Unify Ubiquity Access Points, which are becoming extremely popular now for everyone, and a Cisco switch or Cisco router, uh, there was always the problem where Unify switches or Unify access points, sorry, they have a management level. That's that's how you connect to the controller. That's how you change all the settings. Well, it doesn't tag that traffic with any port, with any VLAN tag. Yeah. So it doesn't tag any of that traffic with uh, a VLAN. So what would happen is with Cisco specifically, Cisco has a different way of doing their native VLAN. So if you are on a trunk port on a Cisco switch, and you pass traffic to it that is not tagged, it's going to use the native VLAN tag. Well, all of that does not play nicely together back to the Unify access point. It never it never did. But now there's a new update to the Unify access points where you can actually go in and change the management VLAN tag on the access points, which is huge for everyone who uses Cisco switches. Because what that means is you can now type in the tag you want to use. So for me, for my management VLAN, I type in VLAN 50. It now passes correctly all over. I can now run my controller again. Uh, if you were doing this setup in the past, you had to always switch over the access point to a access port, not a trunk port, um, which makes it not function correctly with all your VLANs, but at least you would configure it, move it back, get it configured, move it back over to a trunk. And then anytime you wanted to update, you had to go through that same exact process again by moving it over. So it was a really big update from Unify to allow you to tag your VLAN uh, for your management traffic. So another little update there. So if you were banging your head against the wall on that one, like I was, there's your update. I found it by pure accident, actually, because I needed to run an update and I saw that they had added that in. So kind of nice. No, very cool. You have a, you've got a new backup. We're actually going to tease that for next week. Let's hold, hold off on that. Um, I had mentioned earlier in the show, you know, fall time is a good time to kind of think about your backups. But uh, I think I will hold that off um, as well. I felt bad that I, I, I talked about this thing and I didn't have it to show. So I went out to the to the garage real quick. Oh, perfect. That's a lot smaller than I was thinking. Yeah, no, I mean, think about it. Here's my phone. Like here's the camera. So just to give you some, you have to kind of go to come to the video if you want to see wow. the size. Half the size it's, of an iPhone. Yeah, half the size. A phone, A plus, but still pretty small. There's that divot mic on the bottom that we talked about. So that's where, where that, that magnet goes in. Where that sits. So show yeah. me how much room it has to pivot. How far down can you yeah. tilt that thing? Let's just do this. Let's just pull this thing out. It's it's magnetic. So this sits on there like that. You can go straight up with that if you want. And then let's just slide this down. I don't know. Oh. That goes pretty far. That's not, yeah, that's not. Especially uh, if you got a 180 too, degree field of view. 180, I just, yeah. just verified that. You could put that off to the side or put that off to the side. Let's do, you asked me, I didn't test it, but let's do this. Okay, so we're turning it upside down. I'm, I am I am literally holding it just from the thing. It's good. It's shaking it. Ah, that's actually a pretty good little grip yeah. on this thing. Because uh, that's yeah. what I would like to do if, if you got, well, but that would, you wouldn't have much room to tilt down. If you were trying to hang it upside down, you wouldn't have much room to... T- so I guess the other way would probably work out better yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, no. In, in a, a lot of ways, it's probably best to that. Um, it's got a little pad, too. It's got some screw holes in the back, little pad to kind of protect any wood or anything you're kind of putting okay. that into. You could use a command strip for this. This is light enough that, you know, we use command strips for everything. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, but no, I do that in zip ties. <laughs> you could literally put this on the wall with a command strip and make that work out um, pretty well. Really strong magnet. Yeah, if you did it upside down, you wouldn't get much what to what Mike is talking about. You really wouldn't get much angle this right. way. 
Um, so that really wouldn't make make great. But you could get pretty good angle view on that. We were talking about the battery and uh, just a door. There's your battery right there. So pr pretty easy. Put it so in. That, that would be cool. another reason that you might not want to use it with Sighthound because it would be streaming 100% of the time. I'm sure that app, when it triggers, is when it starts streaming. So I'm sure it saves a lot of battery by only recording when you either tell it to say, hey, I'm going to view it live. Oh, true. Or it's probably not sending the video unless it sees motion. True. Yeah. That's when the Arlo cams work as well. When you, let's see if I can trigger it. it since I'm moving it around, it's not, uh, it's not behaving like it's been sitting there. But you'll see the red, when it's triggered, you'll see the red lights go off. Okay. Up front. And um, pretty customizable. You can see the blue light on it there. You can see the cam. So, and super durable and weather rated. So a pretty cool little camp. Again, this would be weird though. Like I have no way to secure it to the, well, to the your, base. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to go get a ladder. Not many people can <sighs> jump up to the backyard under the, for sure though. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. backyard outside. Yes. Front door. You know, you're probably, if you're going to do front door and you want to be secure, you're probably using a doorbell, right? Yes, you're using. exactly. Right? So, that's probably the smart. I do have, like I said, I've got an area where a doorbell cam wouldn't get the package, uh, where you couldn't see the package, so it'd be a little bit different. So I don't know. Pretty cool. We'll keep we'll keep messing around with it and give it give it some use. So I'll put it on me here. Oh, there goes the red lights. That I'm is sure. interesting though about the because a lot of the wireless ones I've seen that have that pivot, they or sorry, the ones that have the pivot for magnet also have a wire to them, so they're they're tethered. I mean, you could throw you could throw a basketball up at that thing, knock it off, and run away with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is interesting. Didn't yeah. That. Well, in, it would it would it would also be like if there was a spot for a security where you could put a little zip tie in there and then maybe zip tie it to the. Oh, there you go. It's kind of jankety. But you could do it. I mean, you yeah. could. You could. We'll have that so when we have the guys all on. All you need to do is make it a little bit harder for them to do, and then no, right, get it. right. Just to kind of think, like, oh, you know. <laughs> and I think I the last thing people are going to do is steal a camera because it's recording them. It's already sent the footage, and so you've got this guy, and you That's get true. a you get a full That's video true. of them getting the ladder. You got a pretty good shot if they've climbed up and they've gotten your camera. That, that's true. So we'll we'll throw a link in the chat room if you're wanting to take a look at the Zmoto site. Just head out to the web. Head out to the uh, the post here, theaverageguy.tv/hgg. 367. Of course, if you're listening live, that's not live yet, but it will be this weekend and take a look at it. Pretty well built cam for what they get. It, it was worth, you know, sometimes you, you kind of wonder, you're like, what are they going to send me? It's pretty well built. Because there are and, a lot of really cheap cameras out there now that are not worth anything. Right. But right. yeah, it seems like it's a good one. Yeah, this may be one I would put in the backyard in a spot that's hard to get that's mm -hmm. pointing at the back door that would I would be perfectly content to have it sitting somewhere under an eave where you can't, it's hard to see, but you can't get to it. You just can't reach it. You know, you would need a ladder to kind of get to it. So, so pretty cool. Well, we got through another show, Mike, anything else that, uh, that we need to cover here? Did we, we miss anything? I think we're good. I think we nailed it all. I'm talking about got, backup next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll save that backup uh, conversation for next week. We, uh, we will remind you, Mike and I, stay around. If you're listening live, stay around for a little bit of post-show. We'll do some crypto updates and what's kind of going on in that space. If you want to be a supporter of, of Home Gadget Geeks, and you don't have to to listen, I always appreciate the, the guys and gals that do support the show. Patreon is probably the easiest way to get that done. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. 
and you can get a go right to the Patreon page. We have a Patreon link right on the page. By the way, I changed a few things. If you haven't noticed, I updated our RSS feed or our subscribe feed. So if you go to the averageguy.tv slash subscribe, you'll see I kind of updated all the latest. Uh, it's got Apple Podcasts instead of iTunes. It says Google Podcasts instead of Google Play. The RSS feed is out there, added Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. So if you're interested, if you haven't figured out, maybe you're listening to this, you're like, how do I subscribe to this thing? We have all the links that you need to subscribe. The upper In the upper section, you can also subscribe to our email list, which I send out. Oh, every week I'm sending deals out. I'm letting you know when we post the show and some of those other kinds of things. So those are available for you as well. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe if you want to get that done. Theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon or slash support if you want to support the show. Don't forget, you can send us an email. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv or find me on Twitter at Jay Collison. Mike, what are you on Twigger? Twigger? <laughs> Twitter? Twigger? On Twitter. Man, that one beer. W-I-E-G-E-R tech. Do you get, you talk much on Twitter? I love Twitter. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. kind of big on it. Well, it helps my when I start this new job. Everyone at my work is so you might see a few uh, work tweets. Okay, but yeah, I, I love it. On it all the time. It's probably the best it. way to reach me, actually. Yeah, yeah it really it's is. funny how you kind of fall into those. Yeah, I fall into that as for the public people who aren't friends. Because yeah. uh, and don't be offended by the way if I don't add you on Facebook or accept I. I don't add very many people on Facebook. I kind of just, I let those I pile either. up, to be honest. I mm-hmm. probably have 65 requests in there that unless it's someone that I just met and I know them really well, I might not uh, add you. But so add me on Twitter. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm all on Facebook. That's just kind of where I live. Okay. So it, it's, it just depends. And I'm on Twitter too. The conversation's a lot better on Twitter because the folks that follow me are more interesting. Right. And so Tony and Keith and uh, I, Mike and, some of those other uh, out there that that are that are doing our Twitter thing, oh. yeah. Brian uh, does some Twitter with us as well. Andy, Mark, um, Schoonover's out there. You know, Eddie. So um, if you want to join me on Twitter at Jay Collison, it's fun. We don't have any very serious conversations. In fact, most of the time it's just goofing around. It so is. You know. But speaking of Twitter and going back to Unraid for a second, uh, I threw out there I needed a new name for because I always name those machines and I've used the vault and I was like, okay, I need something different than the vault. So Rennie uh, out there on Twitter came up with Unvault. So that is not that was pretty creative. Everyone had some creative names. I had a lot of suggestions from people in our community, but Sweet. so it is now the Unvault. Kind of fun. So join yeah. us out there on social. Don't forget uh, the Average Guy TV platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. You know that's Christian, and I just had him on Cyber Frontiers. If you, uh, we released that Wednesday, I think, of this week. So if you haven't if you haven't caught up, head over to the Average Guy TV and click on the Cyber Frontiers. It's actually this stream right here. If you're watching the video. You can see I've got our website up right behind me there. And so it's that stream that's right there. Home Gadget Geeks is right next to it. So go out and listen to Cyber Frontiers. Of course, Christian uh, plans start at $10 a month. Yeah, that's it. 10 bucks a month. Get you web and media hosting. He'll do basically anything for you. He's such a great guy. Head out to, if you want to check out the plans, maplegrovepartners.com. I just got a call from an old client who had done some podcasting and then stopped. And they said, hey, we want to get back into this. Is Maple Grove still around? And I'm like, they are indeed. So we'll yes, put, a new, new, put a new client on Maple Grove. And Christian, appreciate your sponsorship of the show as well. And then don't, don't forget, download our app. It's the easiest way. That'll, we're going into our third or fourth year of the app, homegadgetgeeks.com. Easiest way to get that. We'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship and their faithful sponsorship over the last three or four years. And they'll be rolling off. And, of course, our Patreon subscribers, unless somebody comes to me in the next couple of weeks, if you want your business to advertise here at Home Gadget Geeks, I got a one-year plan. Get you all set up. You sponsored the app. You can put anything, 
in the graphics that you want, that's available for you too as well. By the way, we probably, Mike and I would probably even wear a t-shirt if you sent those to us. Ooh, we that's, would. You know, now it'd have to be appropriate, but you could get your business promoted probably here at theaverageguy.tv if you just send us shirts. So if you're going to do that, contact me, Jim, at theaveragueguy.tv. I'm a huge fan of shirts, like like tech shirts. I'm a, I'm a big fan shirts of Shirts are good. I'm a size mm-hmm. large, by the way, for anyone listening. Yeah. So. I'm an, and I'm definitely an extra large. So All right. we can we can work that out, though, if you want to send those shirts. We still have some of the cool Average Guy shirts available for you. The link will be in the show notes. And if you want to head out there, they're still available for you on Amazon. We haven't taken that down. If you want to get... Kind of the last OG. I think this fall I'm going to try and change those over to long sleeve. They're available out there. The TV slash shirt. Mike, one more update before we go. My chef left for the summer. She's now back in school. My daughter, Samantha, was doing... By the end of the summer, dude, she was literally cooking everything. That is so I great. I don't even have to follow the recipe anymore by the end of the year. She could no, she was, she'd right. gotten really good. And HelloFresh was just crushing it for us. I could not believe. I know, I know, again, I know, like, like I have some, I have some, you know, you guys are thinking like, Jim's making, I make nothing off this, but it's just so good. I have, I have three of these cards in my hand that all have plan, uh, uh, plan uh, discounts on them that basically get your first week for free. So, and they sent these to me all the time. And I had somebody take me up on the offer. I make nothing off of it. Uh, it's a, I get a nice pat on the back from HelloFresh, but you can get your first week free. It has changed. Mike, it's so good. Like we just do things differently now because we've got this big binder of recipes. So you're sticking with tried. it even after she left, huh? Yeah. We just ordered for next week. So I just put in the order and Sarah was like, let's do three, 60 bucks for a week worth of meals for the two of us. Wow. Could we do that cheaper if we bought it? Sure. Is it a lot? there's a lot of planning that goes, they literally, the box shows up on your door. It has, it's in a bag. It has everything you need. It's the right portions. It's delicious. I I just don't know why people don't do more of this. And I know there's been some issues with those, but we've been doing this now. How long I've been talking about it Four or five months. Oh, has it been that long? Yeah, actually probably had some by now. Yeah. It's probably, I think we started that back in, back in, uh, back in April. And I just, September now it's crazy. I can't find, we call it, by the way, we call it hella fresh. That's the name of it. Hella. It's hella fresh. Hella fresh stuff. So send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. I've got a couple, I can, a couple coupons I can send to you. You're interested to do it. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central 9 Eastern out here at the average guy.tv live. We'll talk about some crypto in the post show. I want to thank the guys. A few of you jumping over from Cybermancer and Cyberschools, jumping over from the Discord group. Good to have you over here. We're going into the Crypto Post Show. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.